So, do you know? Do you know what I was listening to today? <laughs> no, Jared, I'm not there. <laughs> well, I'll tell, tell you what. what I, you I'll tell you what I was listening to, Jason. Uh, I was I was listening to. Um, <laughs> Were you listening to Joel? No, I was not. I was. I let me finish because because you're not going to guess it. Um, I I was listening to the new episode of WTF. Okay. Do you know who was on? Uh, was it um, Alicia Keys and John Leguizamo? That was Monday's episode. Um, oh, who is it this week? It it's, was uh, the <laughs> it was the great Barry Levinson. Yep. <laughs> Do you have nothing but like warmth and praise for his favorite actor, Paul Reiser? <laughs> they did talk about Reiser for just a minute because yeah. uh, Mark Marin always tells that one story about going up to riser and asking him how to get into comedy. Um, <laughs> but it was a great talk. It, it was, you know, you get to hear great stories about old Hollywood and working for, he worked for Carol Burnett uh, yep. and he, he worked, worked for Mel Brooks. Yeah. So, so great talks about that. Um, and so after, after it was done, I really wanted to watch a movie. Um, oh. <laughs> do you know what movie that is, Jason? <laughs> would it be Diner? It would be Diner. You are correct, sir. Would it be Diner? And guess what I couldn't watch? Oh. <laughs> What's stopping you? We live in a world where everything is like a yeah, press of a button, man. It's not streaming anywhere. Are you, are you kidding me? No, I even, I got this, this, actually I got this kind of cool app, which it's not a plug for this app. Uh, it's called Just Watch. Um, and I checked there and it is available to buy or for rent, but not streaming. Okay. At least well, not on any of the services that I have. So I would have given three bucks if you wanted to watch it that badly, man. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was like, you know what? I could, I would really love to watch Diner right now, and I could not because you still have my copy, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I know I'm gonna get that back to you. <laughs> it's you um, know, it, I would. You, it's not even that we can ju- just chalk it up to the pandemic because you had it for a year before that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You know, so did they talk about like disclosure and spear and all the crying adaptations he did? They did not talk about that. They talked about, um, they talked about, uh, Rain Man. Uh, yeah, I talked about Rain Man, uh, because he wanted to, because he's worked with, he's directed, um, Pacino, De Niro, and Hoffman. Um, right. So you wanted to talk about all those, and that was a really cool conversation. And, and of course, then, you know, the guy's worked with fucking everybody. So he's talking about working mm-hmm. with and his friendship with Robin Williams. Um, yeah. You know, he was talking about, um, who was he talking about? Oh, Robert Redford, because the, the, his second, natural. yeah, The Natural, great film. I love yeah. that film. I, I, for my money, best baseball movie of all time. I know, I know there are some people that will say it's um, major leagues, but 
Um, no. <laughs> no. But, no, people will say it's Field of Dreams or that it's, you know, Bull Durham or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, both both Kevin Costner joints. But for my money, it's it's the natural. I, I think it's the best baseball film. De Niro, I mean, not De Niro, Redford is amazing in it. Um, Glenn Close is great. Barbara Hershey. Yeah, um, you're not wrong, um, but you're not right <laughs> um, about the baseball movie. I do have a couple of questions just to whet my appetite because I'll probably listen to it over the weekend. I've been listening to... Um, unfinished short creek which is the um podcast about um the flds and warren jeffs um co-hosted by your friend and mine sarah ventry oh, yeah i've been meaning to yeah. listen to that um it's really good um so far um and i mean being growing up mormon it does add like a whole new dimension to it. Um, and, but, um, no, um, I did see that he was, that Levinson was on the show. I, I was like, I assume they'll talk about homicide. He did talk about it a little bit. Yeah. And Oz and like his TV work, because that's where Levinson you know really is really excelled. They didn't talk about Oz. They talked about, they they did highlight um homicide though and they highlighted how um that was really a show that kind of set off a, a whole new you know like a whole different age of of TV mm-hmm. it's true um i remember it like it was going to be like a case of season or something or mm. i don't know it was but it's just that show us something. Yeah. And I love them since like the one I not to get off on a, a Barry Levinson tangent. Cause we had, we've done it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, the late nineties and the odds have not been kind to that man. He's directed some turds. Um, <laughs> I, he, he certainly has his good films are, are far outweighed by his, his, uh, great films in the last certainly in the last 20 years um you know, is are the like the is by far the best movie he's last good movie he's done what was the last good movie he did wag the dog oh wag the dog yeah yeah i yeah. Would agree with that um what, did, what pacino movie though what did, movie did he direct with pacino well he did um you don't know jack the uh, oh. the Jack Kevorkian, yeah. Oh yeah, and he does those. Um, the HBO movies he does are really good too. Yeah. I just, um, yeah. So yeah, he's directed he's directed De Niro, like three four times. He's directed Hoffman three four times, and um, yeah. And then there's the Jack one, and then did he do the Phil Spector one? I think he did do the Phil Spector one. Yeah. Okay, that's the one with Helen with Dame Helen Mirren. Yeah. <laughs> um so but uh yeah, um I'd be interested to hear about his early days cuz he's just like he's come a long way from just being I think he's in high anxiety. He stars in high anxiety. He's a doorman. Well, and he was he was on the writing team for that too and silent movie. Yeah. Mhm. Um and his son 
has I think created the show Euphoria. That was like won a bunch of Emmys. Oh, I heard that was good. So, um, speaking of which, let's get the intros out of the way and we can oh, talk sure. about. Hey, this is what the fork. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can find us at What the Fork Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can email us at. Hot lately. Been what now? Yeah, Instagram's been hot lately. Yeah, because you're managing that. I, you know, yeah. I've, I've been I've been posting some Twitter stuff occasionally. At least when yeah. we drop an episode, we're trying. Yeah, I, I posted the stories and put up a picture once a week. Um, um we're, we're by no means uh social media dynamos so you know tell your friends at what the fork pod everywhere uh yeah. and you can email us at what the fork pod at gmail.com have we got anything in the inbox lately you know i to be honest i i, I haven't uh looked over the last week or so oh okay but, but so no so <laughs> if we have then I'll, I'll i'll check it before next week uh okay. and speaking of of next week um we're getting back into the show. We'll be talking season four um, for the next mm-hmm. episode. You hear the the last of of the final season of the Good Place. Um, yeah, our oh our shit shooting over. Yeah. So, but before we get into that, I guess we should finish up the intros. You can find uh, Jason at Jason E Kyle on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can find uh, this handsome fella um, at LTD underscore engagement on the Twitter. Drop the underscore like it's hot on the Instas. And I, um, I think my handsome really comes across on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to start talking about The Good Place again. Uh, I've actually been binging the the series um in my some of my <laughs> copious amounts of downtime um you know and uh it's it's as delightful as ever so i can't wait to start talking about it again it's good to know that after 4 years it still holds up <laughs> indeed indeed uh, well and what um, it does too is just highlight how inferior some other shows are like one, pray tell called upload. What? Well, yeah, one that we discussed, and um, oh. you know we'll have to decide over the course of of the next, what is it? Uh, I guess twelve weeks. What mm. um, what we're gonna do if we're gonna start over or if we're gonna move on? Yeah. Well, um, you know, if only the the Television Academy had, you know, could see what you see. They shut them out. What the fuck? <laughs> now, it's okay. As far as I'm concerned, it's okay. Well, because Shit's Creek won instead, right? Yeah. So I know a lot of people are happy about that. I still haven't watched the show. I hear it's fantastic. I, I do love Eugene Levy and 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 um, uh, Catherine O'Hara. So it's mm-hmm. that's great. But come on. Uh, it, it, it's... It, I, I haven't seen the season six of Shit's Creek because, um, um, because um, it's not on Netflix yet. 
which, by the way, if we decide that we're not going to do um, what the fork anymore or uh, go play this anymore, and we decide to do a Shoots Creek podcast, I nominate uh, Up the Creek <laughs> um, as as the. Uh, <laughs> Are you nominating Shits Creek? Yeah, as Up the Creek. Oh, Up um, the Creek is the name of the show. Uh, you know, I'll think about that. I'll, so, I'll, I'll consider it. We would definitely yeah. at this at this point if we decide to to not start over and do and do another show instead we've got to change the show name. I, we we yeah. might keep the feed but change the name. So, um, yeah, but I we have twelve weeks to decide. Yeah, well, I haven't seen season six yet, but um, seasons one through five are pretty good. Um, and you don't even need Netflix to stream it. By the way, you can do it for free, I think, on IMDb TV, but you get commercials with it. Um, yeah. Or you can, so, but, uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I was a little surprised that, like, it shut out, it shut out, but I can't be too upset because, like, my second favorite show is on. I can be a what? little upset. I, I'm, I'm as I'm rewatching. You know, I, I, I'm into the into the second season now. Uh, Go team cockroach, um, <laughs> and I, again, just watching Ted Danson is just it's it's watching a master at work, and <laughs> it's it, to to have him not get any recognition for it. I honestly, and you know what, I love Cheers. I, I, I even liked Becker. Um, I thought he was. You're the one. <laughs> I liked Becker. Can you? Can you? You know. I, I, you know. Can it be that much of a shock that a, a you know a, a cranky uh, you know kind of cantankerous uh, doctor fellow uh, spoke to me? You know, as a as a, a character that I enjoy. Um, <laughs> with all your with all your background in the medical field. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the profession is is not as important as the attitude. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and I I thought he was great in uh, in um, oh we've talked about the show before and I'm suddenly oh bored to death. I thought he was great in bored oh, to I've death. You've never seen never bored seen to death. It. No. That's another reason for you to get HBO is all of the of the many shows that they they have all of their old shows. So like mm. I can go back and rewatch Larry Sanders. I can go back and and watch The Sopranos. I can go back and watch um, uh, Bored to Death. All that kind of stuff. But but do they have Arliss? Probably. I haven't looked. <laughs> Arliss. I, I don't know who else has looked to see if Arliss is there. <laughs> This is literally the worst show. <laughs> Never watched. You know that's not true. I did. I I did catch a couple. Um, I mean, Robert. How how Robert Wool has. I. Nah, Robert Wool is a fine. I'm sure a fine gentleman. And he endured. He, what's that? He endured. He, he, yeah, he's somehow. <laughs> Speaking of cockroaches, I mean Robert Wall. He's endured, yeah, <laughs> largely in part to um, I have movies like Bull Durham, uh, bringing that one up, and know, Batman, and Batman, and I know um, 
yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, what's he even been up to? I <laughs> saw him in something else not that long ago. Oh, he was he had a very small part in that um, that uh, movie Shirley, that was about Shirley Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a very small part in there. Um, well, now <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch it now. <laughs> I do. It, it was okay. Um, I, you know, it's it's not. It was okay. There were some but, interesting things in there and some performances that I thought were really good, but I, I got to say I didn't love it. Elizabeth Moss, isn't it? That's all I need to know. So, the, my second favorite Scientologist, isn't it? So that's all I need to know. Is she a Scientologist too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes, Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. Um. I thought it was so, more fashionable these days to leave Scientology. We finally got Beck back. Well, that's true. And I, and I don't know. Technically, has he left? I don't know. He's second generation anyway. I think she is too. Um, like their parents were in it. And, I, I had heard he had officially left. I, I could be wrong. But I also had heard that he wasn't super into it before that either. So Yeah, and um, his ex-wife is wasn't it too his ex-wife is marissa rabisi mm. um sister of um giovanni giovanni um is and, she the one that sea change is about um possibly no i don't um the divorce is rather recent okay um but she I, um she is the redhead in Days and Confused. Oh yes, which just celebrated what twenty years, right? Yeah. Oh, um, all right, all right, all right. Right? Wasn't <laughs> it? Didn't that celebrate around twenty years? I, didn't it? It had some big anniversary recently. I realized just now that I'm thinking of Empire Records. Oh, twenty fifth. Which? Have you watched that movie recently? You know what? I have not watched that movie since it came out. Well. Oh, um, I, 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 I wonder if it holds up. Um, everyone was talking about it yesterday and I got a lot of different takes. I, I'd be interested to see if it holds up. I don't know. That's one that I've never been hugely interested in revisiting. I think that that's one that for a lot of people holds up best in retrospect. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't reflect a workplace environment whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These things, these things do not happen in any work on a normal day in any workplace, right? Uh, let alone a record store. Um, that is true, um, but you do get to see a lot of stars before they made it big or made it to the B list. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there are a few that uh, that that saw their star begin to rise and then quickly plummet. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we're backing up Scientology. So, in case anybody wanted to know, my top three favorite Scientologists in no particular order would be Beck, and I, uh, Elizabeth Moss, and of course Tom Cruise, because. <laughs> the man hangs off planes for our amusement. <laughs> so, and yeah, 
I, I, I don't have a, a ton of, of love for Tom Cruise, but there are some films that are, that he's in that are fantastic. And, you know, of course people in our general age range, you know, grew up on his stuff. So it's hard not to, I mean, some of his films are just, you know, canonically great. Yeah. Um, personally, I, I, him personally, I, I don't care for him. He's, Yeah, I mean, as a person, I think he's kind of indefensible, but he, you know, Top Gun uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, Magnolia, those are always my two Um, go-tos. Jerry Maguire. Of course, for you, Jerry Maguire. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I I think that there are some some things that he has, has been very good in. And then he's also just happened to be in some very good films that he was just fine in. Um, so it's, I mean, it's always interesting. It's always interesting to see him. He's another person that for me is like, uh, uh, an Adam Sandler, uh, not in his range necessarily, but somebody who it's, it's nice to see him play against type. Have you seen edge of tomorrow though? I have not. I've heard that's very good though. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I would recommend. Is that, is that the one that has Emily Blunt in it? Yes. Okay. As a um, as a Latter Day classic, that movie is. That movie is some is just, I mean, it, it. You could, reduce it and say it's a action, Groundhog Day, but, uh, it does a lot of cool things, and. Yeah, I just can't explain anymore. You just that's when I would recommend to you, sir. Um after you uh I th- I'm pretty done. sure I put it in in the uh watch queue for some app or other <laughs> some yeah. streaming app. Um it's now occurred to me uh, though that uh my my watch lists in streaming apps are like my bookshelves in that I don't think that there's possibly enough time in the world for me to watch everything that I've put in my watch list. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of three books right now, like at least. And I don't know if like I'm going, I'm, I'm reading Bob Woodward's book and it's making, and it's living up to the title. It's making me rage. Hmm. Um, I kind of offset that on some days with the Chris France book. Um, I'm supposed to be reading a book for book club, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> so, um, um, I wonder what it is. You know, I, I currently had, right. I have three books going as well. I just, I actually just finished one of them. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I've always wondered if that, how much that had to do with attention span too. So I usually have a novel going. I usually have a, a work of nonfiction going and then usually a collection of short stories. So yeah. I, I just finished the Game of Thrones, uh, the, the first book in that series, uh, and, and loved it. Um, you know, I don't even know. It took me, it took me a fairly long time. I, I, don't, I don't finish things very quickly. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is that I read multiple books at once. Yeah. Um, and part of it is just that um, 
I, especially lately, I, I have had to be um, in the right, you know, kind of mood to read. And I, I find my mind wandering a lot. So I will get into, uh, if I'm not careful, I will, I will get to a point where I've read a couple of pages and haven't taken anything in because I was not paying attention to what I was reading. Um, And that usually doesn't speak to whether or not I'm enjoying the book or whether or not I think it's, it's a, it's a well-written book. I just, you know, I start, my, my mind just takes off. I start going into some other thought space. Um, But anyway, I, I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. It's, I'm going to, continue on with the series. It was, it was that good. And I actually liked this first book better than, um, than the entire TV show. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I haven't read it, the book. Um, I just know a fantasy novels and anything that's trying to build a world. I get, if it gets bogged down in too many details, I lose interest. Well, and that certainly can be the case, but I mean, Martin's kind of a master at it. Um, uh, you know, and I should take the words kind of out of there. He's, he's a master at it and he, he, you know, excels at keeping it very interesting, even as he's building the world. So, um, uh, you know, as, as far as that kind of book goes, I, I felt like I I actually kind of plowed through it fairly quickly. Um, but then I'm also reading, finally, I've owned the book for years. I'm finally reading... George Saunders collection, uh, 10th of December. Oh yeah. I've, I've started that one. Um, and that's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I, I started reading, um, the other book I'm reading is, is Mark Lanigan's memoir. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's very compulsive reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got some wild stories, but it's also mm. super dark, and he is super unlikable. Um, <laughs> and I think he just kind of knows that. He's not writing it to be liked. He's just communicating these stories um, and telling them unapologetically. So it's very, it's a very interesting read. That, um, that reminds me... Um, I do um, when when I finally return Diner to your possession. I do want to borrow the Dean Warham uh, uh, memoir from you. Oh, I got to yeah. finish that thing. Uh, I, I read through the uh, the Galaxy Five Hundred Years with uh, um, to do the the album infinitum episodes on that. And then I just, I, I stopped not because I wasn't enjoying it, but because I, I moved on to something else. You haven't done your Luna album infinitum yet. Exactly. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, I I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to keep doing and I don't know what I'm going to give up doing this. I think the, the, the pandemic has kind of, put some things in perspective and um, made me rethink how I, what I commit my time to. If you ever decide to do one with Luna, I'll do the penthouse one. Cool. I, I I I recently revisited that album. It's a great album. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I got really drawn in um, by it. And um, it made me realize how much I love that band. Um, well, I think that was them at their peak, personally. Um, oh yeah, well, I mean, and Dean will tell you that. <laughs> I think, um, I think he would tell you that. Um, but there's something about that, and there is something about the album that is just fantastic. I just, uh, it's, it's got a Velvet Underground vibe without complete without copying the sound and. I mean, they do have Sterling Morrison on that album, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting. There was, and I didn't really see it coming, but there's a a Galaxy 500 connection to Lanigan. Um, oh yeah, because he talks about he uh, credits um, a girl. I think a girlfriend of his taking him to see them play. Uh, with along with you know starting uh, to listen to uh, like Nick Drake and Leonard Cohen and a bunch of other singer songwriter types as as the catalyst for what his sound or what he was interested in doing for his first solo album. Oh yeah, okay. Um, um. and I mean it's it's interesting. The thing is, and I I'm. A, relatively big fan of the screaming trees and you know, the, the epic years in particular, um, there's, there's Mm -hmm. some interesting stuff in their earlier years, but it's not great. Um, but to hear Lanigan talk about it, he hated the whole thing and hated, uh, hated the Connor brothers. Um, and just, he thinks all of the music is terrible. <laughs> that sounds like a very Mark Langan thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked about uh, making one of the owners of Sub Pop cower in his office because of the photo that they used for for uh, the winding sheet, his uh, his solo debut. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds like a very Mark Langan thing to do. It yeah. does. Yeah, Interesting read, though. The, ca- the guy can write. Yeah. I imagine if anyone like, if anyone can write, like him, he could, like, Nick Drake. And I think Nick Drake, uh, Nick Cave, definitely is a writer. Yeah, I mean, he has written. He's written screenplays and stuff. Oh yeah, I uh, have you read? I, um, I mean, his his screenplays are, are are have been made into really great films. I thought Lawless was great. Uh, I've seen the proposition. That one's good too. That one actually was nominated, I think, for some stuff. Yeah, like, um, like obviously Leonard Cohen, rest in peace. Um, I mean, could write, and I think Bowie could probably write something if you wanted to. Well, and Nick Uh, Cave's. um, I'm trying to think of what the name of it was. There, I, I actually read Nick Cave's last novel. Yeah. Um and it was it was actually outstanding. Um is the life and death of Bunny something. Why can't I think of it? Um Save Me. Oh Hold on. The Death of Bunny Monroe. Death of Bunny okay. Monroe. Uh, and yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um 
just of course absolutely bizarre and dark and funny uh and disturbing and all of those things and it was uh you know and also kind of brilliant too i mean the guy's the guy's kind of a genius yeah i mean yes <laughs> he is a genius uh, nick cave is um oh yeah he and he celebrated more, a birthday recently too. Yeah. More than anyone, like I think he I know he exudes just intelligence and I, I I'm not gonna say anything that no one who's a Nick K fan probably hasn't heard or believes. But I just he just exudes he has an aura of sadness and yet you know he's very lit, you know, literate. Um smart guy he, he's also very funny i mean yeah. you know if, if you subscribe to his his right hand uh red right hand files um it's the the newsletter is is always great to get he's he's another person who who you know writes with great humility uh mm-hmm. always you know speaks to what he believes in um and is always, you know, very thoughtful and, and as you mentioned, very literate about his, his responses to things. Um, and also, you know, very philosophical, too. I think, you know, I think he's a much, I think he is a much better writer than, than Lanigan, um, as yeah. far as prose goes. But, I mean, they're kind of, uh, I would definitely put them in the same sort of, uh, same sort of category, um speaking of birthdays yeah springsteen springsteen 71 yep 71 man 71 i thought it was 70 no he turned 70 last year ah so 71 did you send him did you you get your card um you know we we had our we had our yearly call you know i say hey hey boss how's it going um happy birthday you know Thanks for the tunes. And he says, "Hey, <laughs> did you, did hey, you man, call out my your grandmother." <laughs> he, he says, "Hey, hey, Jared, that's that's great to hear, man. Really, just love love doing it for the people." You're welcome. I, I know it's like it's like Bruce is in the room with us. Um, it was. It's like he was here. Yeah. Um, incidentally enough, um, the the gentleman who I'm talking to tomorrow was his A and R guy at Columbia. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it's doing research about um today. It amazes me how much fighting he had to do to get him to stay at Columbia in the seventies. Cause born to run wasn't despite all the press and all the, you know, the criticism, you know, all, all, all the praise, like it wasn't like, it wasn't the hit that Columbia was hoping. No. Yeah. Commercially were, it wasn't a huge hit. It was critically yeah, a huge were, hit. Yeah. He really had to, 
Like even, we, like I, as, the, as the story goes, the river was the, like his breakthrough. I was going to say even darkness wasn't a huge hit. I know darkness is one of my top five Springsteen albums mm-hmm. and the river is not. Um, but until he had hungry heart, he didn't have, he didn't have a, 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 a he didn't have a top 10 for sure. Um, and I got to tell you, it's an okay song. Hungry Heart. Hungry Heart. It's not a. Yeah. I just. But the album has. Well, I don't want to get into the why the river is good discussion again because I think we've had this discussion. It's a few not times. that it's not a good album. I just don't think it's top five. It's not well, top five for me. I the river is one of my top five songs. Like like the, the, the actual right. song itself. Brilliant fucking song. Uh, yeah, you know the the detail of that of uh, you know, I got married pregnant. Um, and man, that was all she wrote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'll get you every fucking time. I know it's, um, I just, I, I think it's the one where he just goes all in and he knew he like, it's just to me, that's the story. It's a story told well, um, despite how you feel about, um, uh, what, um, the, why can't why am I blinking? Um shit. There's a couple of songs that drag, but I Well, know. I mean, it's for me it's the slight songs. It's like I'm a rocker, I don't care. Um and No, I like those songs. Ramrod, <laughs> not a huge fan of Ramrod. Um, no, Ramrod Ramrod, I think, and um yeah, Ramrod is and State Trooper, I mean... Wait, okay, first of all, sir, State Trooper is on Nebraska, and it's right. a great song. <laughs> I, I am, I'm blinking right now. Hold on. Um, I got me on the spot. Wreck and, on the Highway? Are you thinking of that one? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. It's... Stolen Car oh. is great. Um... um I can keep listening to man. That's I'm I'm a I'm like a fucking uh walking Springsteen uh discography. I I I know. Well, it's because you ain't nothing but tired. <laughs> tired and bored. I am tired and bored with myself. <laughs> yep. But check my look in the mirror, I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face. <laughs> which Speaking of which, that's what I did uh, the other day. Um, well, that's what Kristen did. I, I finally... Um, she she tied you down and did the quarantine cut. And she did tiny town. <laughs> <laughs> um, she didn't tie me down, dude. It wasn't like... it, But it was time. Um, it was time. Uh, so... Um, anyway, I, there are a couple of songs to, to, I'm, I'm at, got the river, river track listing right here. There are a couple of songs I could kind of like Ramrod. Probably I could just, um, I could be okay. Uh, 
uh, Ramrod, kind of some of Psy 4, I just could be okay with. But it's fine. So you I, know, I, just, I, I compare that album to, to Being There, uh, the, the Wilco album. Um, yeah. And I actually, for me, Being There, I, I, I love. It's one of my favorite Wilco albums. But as, as far should. as as far as what they were trying to do stylistically, like the ambition, well, the, the ambition of, uh, you know, Bruce wanting to take the river and encapsulate everything that was great about the E street band. He wanted to capture, you know, one record being how, you know, their, their studio genius. And then the other one being, uh, like practically live takes uh, to try to capture their their the energy of their shows. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why you have this kind of this dichotomy in there of the of the you know um, the storytelling and then the pop songs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it has it, it's you know the success is mixed. Um, but being there was also Tweety's, like, who knows if we're ever going to get to make another record again. And, you know, he had just, I, I believe if I remember my Wilco history correctly, he had just found out he was going to be a father. And he was like, okay, I want to put everything into this. And, you know, so you have this great double album that, you know, has stuff like The Lonely One and uh, Misunderstood but then also out of sight. Um, and it's just, it's, 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 I think phenomenally successful at what it's trying to do. Um, tying to our literary and our musical thing. Have you seen the thing I make Sweeney's Bruce Springsteen or Stephen King? I have not. Okay. I'll give you, um, I'll give you a couple of examples. You tell me, (laughs) <laughs> it's a Stephen King novel or a Bruce Springsteen record. Okay. Okay. You used to see Janie around, but she's gone now. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. They're all, they're both. They're all both. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, okay. So that's um, really that Springsteen and, and Stephen King. My favorite being it's unusually long and begins with the lyrics of jungle land. (laughs) (laughs) That being, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. um, Clarence Clemens makes a brief appearance. Um, That's it. He shows up in it. (laughs) Um, And um, you take Mary out for a nice drive. Disaster ensues. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, Vietnam was hell, but coming home ain't all it's cracked up to be. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. It's. It was by far the um, probably the best thing I've seen. I'm, well, then, um, 
they replay its decorative gourd season, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm McSweeney's this week, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, this is... This is the time. <laughs> so. um, anyway, but yeah, I um, uh, we were talking off mic about something. Uh, so Sunday I got my hair cut and I had to go to a mall to get fix something up. And when I'm at the mall, absolutely crowded. Um, just surprised the hell out of me. I thought, like, no, everyone was masked at least, but I was like, no social distancing whatsoever. <laughs> were you at uh, Fashion Square or where were you? Nah, Arrowhead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and there's a Cardinals game going on at the same time. Like, and I just was like, Wow, like it just surprised me that people were surprised. It just surprised me that people. I don't want to like shame anyone for like going out because I was out, like picking something up. I also had to when I went to the store before I went to the store. I had to answer a questionnaire given to me by a security guard, um, and get a temperature check. And yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of like entering Q's lab in uh, <laughs> a 007 movie <laughs> like or it just it was kind of crazy and like I'm just picking something up here so I, I you know I, I'm not going to shame you for going out but yeah. I have to ask was it seriously something that you could not get delivered to you or not get curbside for um, well, it's a mall, so it doesn't have curbside. Um, it was something that I could have had delivered, but it would have taken longer, uh, much longer. Um, and yeah, I, well, that's the thing is I didn't expect to be there. I didn't expect it to be crowded. I thought everyone had the same attitude as me. That, well, but you know that that's, that's always the thing, right? If people who show up early thinking nobody else will have the same idea, you know, yeah. and then there are a ton of people waiting there early. It's, yeah. you know, I'm sure a lot of people there at the mall were thinking, oh, nobody's going to really want to go out to the mall right now. It's probably going to be pretty sparse, um, which is actually one of the many reasons why I, I wouldn't because I'm, I, I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised. And I know that these businesses, you know, they need to survive because of, you know, retail has to be around for employees because there are people who depend on that for their livelihood. I get that. I just, I, I, I can't, I can't participate in it. I can't be one of the people who's, who's in there doing it. You know, it's, it's just, I, I have had the extended excuse now of having broken my foot, so I can't, I'm not really going to go walk around someplace anyway. So there's that kind of extended excuse. Well, but, you wouldn't walk, you would limp. Right, I would limp. <laughs> this is true. I would be on crutches. Still, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to swing myself around the mall. That's just not happening. But 
That would be a fun ask. (laughs) I just, I'm actually, this is a serious concern to me now that as restrictions continue to lift, that I'm, I'm getting actually more and more concerned about going out and being around other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Someone told me that my favorite bar was open again, and of course I'm not going to go. <laughs> um, but I, in my mind, it kind of, I it does. Part of me is like, oh, you know, I can ease up, but that's the wrong attitude. <laughs> like, I'm always going to wear a mask. I'm always going to, you know take my calculated risks, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess I was just shocked that I was still, that the mall was still open, like open in that capacity. Like it looked like people were going shopping for Christmas presents. I mean, honestly, it's, it's right around that season. I don't know. I don't know really how they intend to fully enforce something like occupancy restrictions. Yeah. You know, how, well, how, especially on that kind of scale. It's not like going and waiting in line at Trader Joe's as they monitor who's coming in and coming out. I mean, how can you really yeah. do something like that feel, on a scale of the mall? And I feel perfectly safe. Like, I, I, been to, I assume you've been to the Trader Joe's lately. I feel perfectly. I feel safer in there. I haven't been. I haven't been in a store since I broke my foot. So it's it's been uh, you, before you broke your foot. You've been in Trader Joe's. It's been almost a month now. Yeah, you, I, I had I had been to Trader Joe's previously. I I like the way they're managing it, mm-hmm. um, and you know at least the one by me, uh, which I I think is actually the one that's by both of us. Um, yeah, people who shop there seem to be respecting their rules. And I've mm-hmm. never seen any incident, which is nice. Um, and I mean, during this entire pandemic, grocery stores are the only place that I've been to, really. You mm-hmm. know, I did one, I uh, did one or actually maybe two shopping appointments at Stinkweeds, where I was the only person in there besides the employees. Um, mm-hmm. And I did, I had to make a couple of, of quick post office runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ironically <laughs> I've had to go once a week, uh, to some doctor or other to have my foot checked up on, um, since I broke it. So that's actually more interaction than, um, than I've had in the last five months. And it's actually, that's also concerning to me because every time I go into, you know, a, a hospital type setting i'm concerned about other people in there being sick and not necessarily being careful um yeah but yeah i don't know i i i it's i it's i'm concerned about it rising to an agoraphobic level i just don't trust other people enough to go out and be around them and i would love to you know as presumably over the next month or so i'm i'm you know my foot's going to heal up and I'm going to, it's going to be perfect weather for walking. And you, Mm -hmm. you've been by my place, you know, you've been outside my place, but you know where it's situated. I could, I could walk to first draft. I could walk to stink weeds. I could walk to 
you know, a number of places if, you know, if bonus round were to open again, I don't know, unfortunately, the status of bonus round. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of places that I would enjoy going to that I would love to, to walk to. And it's just, it's also all happens to be enclosed spaces. And that's, oh. that's the worst situation to be in. You know, yeah. they say like going to a bar is putting yourself in the worst possible conditions for this. Oh yeah. I went like as relieved as I, like as nice as it, I, it seems to be that I can go out and grab a white claw. Um, I rather just not, I just, I've ordered I'm, food to go from local restaurants, but I wouldn't think oh, of yeah. sitting in there. Oh no, I wouldn't like, I think eating and drinking in public for me is still way off the table. Um, I, it, um, now that the weather's gone better, I go out with the boys after dinner, um, my sons and, um, uh, my oldest is friends with, we're friends with some people down the street. And it's been nice just to kind of like reconnect with them while being a relatively safe distance. So I guess at the same time though, I'm just kind of like, like, I'm just like, just, I know we're all being safe, but keep away from me. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm curious, Um, you know, to take this down another route since, since we happen to sort of be on this topic anyway, you know, hmm. you're, we're about a month away from Halloween and you, you have kids you know, oh, at least man. your your I, oldest, I, I would imagine, wants to trick or treat. I don't know what we're gonna do with that yet. I think whatever is down, whatever is happening, you know, whatever. I see that the CDC came out with some regulations yesterday, having a virtual costume party <laughs> or something like that, and I. We're going to do something, but it's not going to involve trick or treating, going to people's houses. I mean, I don't know. It, it's yeah. I mean, that would be. A, I I don't have kids, so I, I I can only imagine what the concern would be. But you also, I, I would feel bad. I would feel bad for the kids because, you know, even hearing from from you and other people that I know that have children, distance learning is definitely having an effect on social skills. And how 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 kids are feeling about learning. So, I mean, all of the things that they're, you know, there's no birthday parties. There's no, you know, any of this, any of this stuff that's, it's got to be having some, you know, I mean, forget about the lasting psychological impact. It's got to be having an immediate psychological impact. Oh, dude, don't even get me started on the immediate psychological effect. <laughs> like it's just um like we're trying you know it's pre-k so it's not like the stakes are that high here but like teaching handwriting you know already starting to teach handwriting um getting him to stay still you know my oldest to stay still um while they do like videos and stuff like that it's hard um, and it's frustrating for him and for us. And I can't imagine for his teachers. Like everyone's trying their best, um, but it is 
just hard. Um, and I can't imagine. And there are people I know who have like older kids, like high school kids, like it's taking an effect on their business. Like they're like they're small business owners who now have to like juggle everything that they've been doing already and then practically have to teach their kids 10th grade <laughs> like good luck yeah. you know it's just it's draining um, um it's it's something like I and then there's talk that school's gonna start in a few weeks like in person I don't know if I'm ready for that so I would imagine you're not the only parent who's concerned about that. Like, I, they've got to still still extend some option. I, I don't feel like, I mean, that seems wrong that they would force kids back into the classroom if without a vaccine. Well, pre-K is, I mean, it's, pre, it's daycare. It's daycare with, like, teaching. Because Beckett's in preschool, right? He's four, right? Yeah, so it's pre-K. So it's just preparing him for kindergarten, and kindergarten prepares him for first grade. And, like, you know, it's... (laughs) We're preparing you for the preparation. (laughs) It's always what it is. And then preparing you to lose everything that we're preparing you for over the summer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... um, it's um, it's still daycare. So I know there are people, there are parents that are just they're, they're just taking their kids to school because they have a job. Yeah, and they take them somewhere. They can't take them to work. Right. Um, so there are kids I know in my oldest class who are doing that, and that's okay. I mean, people are just doing what they got to do. They're doing their, everyone's doing, I think the important thing to remember here is that everyone is doing their best. Um, well, I mean, it's just, the thing is that it, it, it's the entire, the entire fucking thing is that we, as a society are so woefully unprepared for anything like this. I, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 Social structure, the economy, you know, nothing is is prepared to function at any sort of distance, which I think it's 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 a it's I, I don't know, on, on some levels I think it's unconscionable. The the fact that at this at this time that so much of of how we have to function is still based on you know a service economy in one form or another it's you know we've evolved in so many other ways that that system to me seems um archaic mm-hmm. but you know what do i know yeah. Well, I don't know. Shall we try 
Should we try ending something on a high note again? Oh, sure. I, yeah, it's it seems like we can't have any, any sort of lengthy conversation without going into some sort of deeper discussion. That's true, and um, and and the seven days. Uh, well, the show came out, last week's show went up uh, Monday, and it's been four days, and I think people are wondering if I'm okay. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, I'm not. <laughs> um, I, I'm the, I'm happy to admit that I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm fucking struggling. I mean, yeah. that's, but to me though, one of the things that, that one of the things that helps are these conversations that we have every week. If I, if yeah. I couldn't, if I couldn't do this, I, you know, and, and talk to some of the, you know, the, the, my small circle of people that I talk to because I'm just too, you know, hermetic naturally. Um, I, 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 I would not, I would be doing even worse. So I thought I was built for, for, you know, for being an introvert. I'm not. (laughs) And just everything, everything that like has happened to, you know, that has said that I thought what happened to me during the pandemic has, except getting sick. Thank God. (laughs) So I'm doing okay. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I guess I'll do. I'll, I'll hit on one more thing before we try to pull it out of this this steep dive. Um, what what's been kind of scary over the last six months has been that um, is is how easy it has been for me to uh, completely close off from social interaction. Um, you know, it leads to a lot more time with myself, which is also not necessarily great because I tend to I, I tend to go dark when I'm alone and I, I think about, you know, a lot of miserable things. But uh it's I, I could I could do this thinking about it right now, I know that I could do this indefinitely. Um and and that's where I'm starting to get concerned about um, things returning to quote unquote normal is that I don't know that I, how much I want things to necessarily go back to normal because um, that means that I have to, you know, go interact with people again. And I've, I've gotten pretty comfy and cozy uh, not interacting with people. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a daunting thing. Uh, on the one hand, there are so many things that I miss. And on the other, I, you know, don't. <laughs> so you've become Schmeagel. <laughs> I, I don't think so. In the Lord of the Rings trilogy that is our lives now. <laughs> I, that seems that seems uh, you know I, I don't think I've become uh, quite as 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 uh, you know single minded and obsessive uh, as as that character. But, but if a Frodo and a Samwise were to knock on your door, <laughs> the thing is that I could easily get back into like if we were to go grab a drink or go out for a coffee or mm-hmm. something like that. I would welcome that again. I miss hanging out with you. I miss, you know, even doing these conversations over Zoom. I, I, you know, I, I do, one of the things I miss is having people 
in my quote unquote studio to have conversations with. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. There, there are other aspects too that I just don't. I think what's amazed me is like, we're, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, it's, I don't know, yeah, I, I don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> well, okay, uh, so, have you gotten any further into the boys? I've gotten one, another episode in. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm still gonna watch it. Um, and, oh, I think, I know what to end this on. <laughs> You do know or don't? Yeah, I do know. Okay. I do. Last night sort of was an unofficial Val Kilmer double feature. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was so I hurt my foot yesterday and I didn't get to go out much like I usually do. Like I plan on going for a drive or something. I didn't feel comfortable going out because I was limping out my foot. I'm okay. It just happens every once in a while. I'll bang on something or a child will step on it. So it gets sore. And I, I mean, I'm not going to get crutches or anything like you um, or anything like that. But um, so I kind of sit at home. I'm just like, man, I don't want to like start a new show. So I started watching Archer 1999. But then I saw that the Saint was the the Saint was streaming on Hulu. <laughs> and speaking of the boys, like I was thinking, oh, Elizabeth Shoes in this, and yeah, I was thinking uh, how um, how much I I I, I, I love her, um, and thought the soundtrack was really good. I'm like, how does this movie hold up? <laughs> It doesn't. <laughs> I, I I don't remember it being that great when it was out the first time. It's it would be so good if every character wasn't the more vo- most verbose son of a bitch, <laughs> and like when like just going on about Catholicism and. Uh, saints and all this other stuff i'm just thinking to myself you know this is an action movie right (laughs) we don't we don't have to get deep here like it's they're bad guys they're good guys and some bad disguises and maybe some sex and that's about it (laughs) um but i um I, uh, it was fun and I couldn't sleep last night. And so I don't sleep. I pull up my brother-in-law's movie server and pick a movie and, oh, real genius. I really like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And while there's a lot about that movie that does not hold up just because of the time and the place it's been made. It's still a fine motion picture. That <laughs> um, yeah, is definitely Val Kilmer as peak. Just sarcasm, wit, 
looks he's a <laughs> Um, I know, I know everyone's saying heat, the doors. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but there was a time that that was a good Val Kilmer movie. Uh, and when it's the, are you familiar with the movie with real genius? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like, it's like William Atherton playing an asshole. <laughs> uh, and oh god, there's I think the kid from I, uh, it's just cool. I I just someone needs to do an update of that of that movie. Uh, but so yeah, I did the Val Kilmer double feature. So there's uh, there's I, one more thing that I want to talk about briefly because I realize I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you. What? Um, not it. It's not a. It's. I was gonna say it's not a big bone. Um, <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so no, the the. You already picked your bone with diner. Oh, I did do that. If Al Kilmer were in it, I watched already. Okay, first of all, it's it's just a tremendous cast. You've got your Daniel Stern, you've got your Mickey Rourke, you've got your uh, Tim Daly, you've got you've got your your Gutenberg, Kevin, uh, Bacon. Kevin Bacon, yeah. Um, no, uh, so, but I, I saw because um, somebody passed recently, um, a Bond villain. Yeah. And you mentioned great villain, great actor, not a great movie. <laughs> uh, about And talking about Moonraker. And I love that I believe, movie. <laughs> I believe what I wrote was great actor, good villain, bad movie. That movie is bad. It is, it's, it's not a great movie, but I love that movie. Um, there, there are so many things, uh, you know, even down to the, uh, the re-entry gag, um, at, at the end. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, it's just the, just the cheesy special effects, you know, the, clearly capitalizing on, on, uh, trying to capitalize on the popularity of Star Wars and just it's i i love it for all its camp it's it's not like i said it's not a great film but i love it so much it's it, it is just i don't know it's well, you know a prime that, example of the Roger Moore era for me well you know that movie was rushed because of the of star wars yeah because um cuz once star wars hit they were like oh we got we must respond to this. Bond must go to space. <laughs> and I mean, it's the, <laughs> it's the ultimate uh, nerd plot. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like no one likes me, so I'm going to destroy everyone and leave nothing but the blonde hair, blue eyed men and women to. <laughs> well, to, yeah, it's, it's a classic Hitler move because, yeah, you know, yeah. Dude himself is not blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Yeah, and um, 
I think, and truth be told, I think the special effects are just fine. I just, it's the pigeon double take, dude. It's the, just, pigeon, it, the pigeon double take. I, I love the pigeon double take. It's terrible. And, you know, Jaws in that, it's his best Bond movie. Um, you know, he gets the girl. Um, uh, the girl, um, I, I don't know if it's, I didn't check, but I remember as a kid, the girl had braces. Yeah. And I was watching to de- I, when I watched it on Monday. I watched it on Monday night, you know, because um, Michael Lonsdale, rest in peace, um, had passed away. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just watch it. Because I did the same thing when Diana Rigg died. I, I watched... Um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Of course. Which is a, a great Bond film. One of the best Bond oh, films. Yeah. Um, and uh, rest in peace, Diana Rigg. Uh, Dame... Uh, Dame Diana. Um, but um, when I watched it again in the space station, she clearly does not have braces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and I read somewhere that they had taken them out because they realized it was like this goof. Like well, this. I was pretty sure that when they first met, she had braces though, right? Yeah. And then on the space station, the she doesn't. Because that was the attraction. They both have they both have metal in their mouth. Yeah, and they're both you know what society society would deem as not good looking. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's seven foot two, and she's five foot six, and got classes and pigtails. Um, but I. Anyway, that was it. Like I said, yeah. not a big deal. But I, I do. That's that's one that I enjoy rewatching for how ridiculous it is. Oh, when I was thirteen, I watched that movie the most because clearly, like, space shuttles and lasers were my thing. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there's a lot of. I get into these discussions like like sometimes just with. The more era, because the more era was, with the exception of For Your Eyes Only, and maybe Octopussy was pretty goofy. Oh um, yeah, high high on the schlock meter. Um, yeah, but also, I mean, it was it's clearly the era that they you know that Mike Myers, you know, pillaged uh, for for uh, ideas for Austin Powers. I mean, oh yeah, that's it, well. Then, then the Pierce Sellers Casino Royale, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, it's yeah. I, I, it, Kristen was kind of watching in the periphery too when I was watching Moonraker, and she's like, oh, "This movie." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> I can't believe Casino Royale, honey. Ain't no crack. But anyway, but um, it's bad, but it's one of the so bad it's good. And there's so many good qualities to it. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Okay. It's it's you know, it's a it's a good, bad movie. Yeah, you said I mean, it's on the record. I'm and I'm sure you like the man with the golden gun, too. And I do. I do. It, 
so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so bad, Jared. That's the one I probably watched the least. I do not like it. So was it? I, um, oh well, Herve Valachez, uh and 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 Christopher um, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, yeah. The Nick best Nack, part. Tabasco. Yeah. Christopher <laughs> Lee is probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. That was the one like and he's just wasted. And you know, in the in the book, um the plot of that movie is Scaramanga brainwashes Bond to kill M. Mm-hmm. Um and it obviously that it's not the plot they use they turn to a something about solar power and whatnot. <laughs> it's just bad on such a number of levels. It's yeah. I mean, I, I just, I have a soft spot for the Roger Moore era because of, of how kitschy and campy and just, you know, it, it's, it's like, I, I know that, um, you know, view to a kill is not a great movie, but I love it again. Mm-hmm. Still. So that's kind of where um, that's the one where they actually the thing I like about a view to a kill. Um, welcome to James Bonding, not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the thing I like about a view to a kill. It's the first, probably the first movie where that actually tries to be um, a contemporary, like relevant to the times or con- you know contemporary. Because by casting Grace Jones um, as a Bond girl, who like that is an achievement in itself mm-hmm. um, for for a number of reasons. But you also have Duran Duran doing the theme song. That they decide to go without, decide not to do whatever adult contemporary artist was mildly trendy that year. Mm-hmm. I did like go with someone with actual with an actual hit. That was a bold move, um, too. And I mean, Christopher Walken is your stroke of genius there, too. I mean, that's the one where they kind of went like, how can we be kind of relevant and recycle the plot of Goldfinger again? <laughs> um, and yeah, that one's, but also let's put in the subplot about this woman who would and the top of the Eiffel Tower does this bar, stupid butterfly show. Yeah, it was like, it was a bit. You know, they, they they definitely had some missteps in it. But I, I think well, that's a that's a good. This is a good. This is a good place. I think this is a good place, Jared. I, I well, it's a good place to end on, especially since you've got the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge in the background. I think it's apropos. Yeah, uh, that and we're talking about View to Kill. You not see the dirigible coming behind me. <laughs> Oh man, that was by far the worst part. The goofiest part of the movie is the old guy who birthed Christopher Walken's character in a test tube. Yes, (laughs) screaming when he when Christopher Walken falls off. Max. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, here's your your episode title. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
I I I think that's a I think that's good. Um, all right. So to wrap it up, get out there and vote, everybody. Uh, make sure you're registered. Um, you're gonna grow the malt, mask the fuck up, chili babies. Right, mask the fork up, chili babies. Take it sleazy. Mm. And we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you about the good place next week. Can't wait, man. We're back. We're back. Yeah. Go team cockroach. <laughs>